Welcome to Owen and Baru's Barbecue. We are celebrating Life Day with their traditional Alderanian Nerf Loaf. Yep, it's baked beyond perfection. My name is Matt, and tonight I'm joined with Nick. Nick, what's your favorite Life Day food? That's a good question. Hmm. You know, back when I used to uh, bullseye uh, womp rats my tea <laughs> back, back in the day on Tatooine, maybe it's a good <laughs> butterfly uh, womp rat. Yeah. 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 Covered and smothered. Smothered and smothered. Yeah, a little bit on the charred side. Yeah. Because you know? after, well, you, after you blast them away, you know, there's not much left. There is not much left. So it's just singed fur. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I thought we'd kick it off with Life Day because, you know, the Star Wars Holiday Special originally aired on November 17th, 1978. So uh, this so episode will drop. 39. Yeah, this episode will drop on the 39th anniversary of uh, Life Day. Yeah, <laughs> happy Life Day, I, I, everyone! Like we said, yeah, happy Life Day. Like it's like we said last episode. Like you know, I I would happily, I think, watch a Disney version of the of the holiday special <laughs> just to see if they could because anything would be an improvement over. They, they would have a, a a much better uh, music catalog to choose from That's than sure. what what aired on the Star Wars holiday special and maybe they can just overdub all of Carrie Fisher's singing um, yeah. RIP Carrie Fisher. Yeah. You know, I, I remember like when YouTube came out and I had never seen the holiday special cause it was not something you could really get much access to, but that was, that was one of the great things about YouTube when it came out. It was like, <gasps> someone's going to upload the holiday special. And when that yeah. happens, I'm going to watch it. And then I remember going like, why did I watch this? Like, which you do. Every Star Wars fan out there has to watch the holiday special. Oh yeah, it's See, it's a must. B, B Arthur and Chewbacca's weird kids with pants, and <laughs> <laughs> the only redeeming thing about it is the whole Boba Fett cartoon. That's yeah. that's really it. And and the fact that Han Solo provides a voice to a cartoon is, I mean, sorry, Han Solo, Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford. Yeah, they're one and the same. But well, you wonder like what made them do it. You know, like what made the act? Were they under contract to do it, or did they pay them a lot of money? Because like, God, it's so bad. You think they would read it and be like, "No, no way, yeah. I'm doing this." Well, and and unfortunately for Mark Hamill, he he had just gotten done from plastic surgery from uh, yeah, he's Rick. Yeah. yeah, so and his hair looked all weird too in the Holly yeah, special. And, and that, that's part partly because of of what uh, they the makeup that they were trying to cover up some of the. Um, because if you look at his face, it's like, whoa, what's happening with Mark Campbell's face? Mm. Um, but anyway, let's sing some Wookiee songs to honor their holiday, because it is their holiday, but we celebrate it across the universe. Well, Life day. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're actually here uh, to talk about some, some more serious news, and the fact that Ryan jo- Johnson has been announced to write and direct a new Star Wars trilogy. I assume that it is the return of Life Day. Yes. It's like a whole trilogy. <laughs> That's a, the first the, uh, Life Day uh, strikes back or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's just all told from uh, Itchy's point of view because we needed more of the grandpa Wookiee. I, you know, at first, at first I was really kind of worried yeah, you know, the fact that they're announcing another trilogy because I was like, I didn't want it to be a continuation of like now this be episode 10, 11, 12. Oh, sure. But but no, it's not. It's going to be a totally, he said he's got a blank canvas and it's going to be a brand new trilogy. I'm like, oh, 
Let's see how <laughs> The Last Jedi comes out, and maybe it'll be good. Maybe not. Who knows? Well, uh, um, so, so, yeah, he has a blank canvas. I know there's a lot of fans clamoring. I mean, immediately after this, the news was announced. I, you know, I think I'd seen tons of people just wanting it to be something related to the old Republic. Um, I would love that. I would love that. If you get a Darth Revan, uh, I always say it like people say it different ways, but like, yeah, yeah. if we get, if we get that, like if we get a, a Revan and then into, and then end up with the rule of two, you know, at the last one, sure. I would love it. You know, but see, you a- I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to follow. Okay. So here, here's the creative crux of Luke, Lucasfilm because this, this gets to the heart of it is that there is so much great legend material that, yeah. that, you know, there's some really crap legend material, right? Mm-hmm. But there's some really good stuff that I think fans would love for it to exist in canon. And we would like them to at least honor it. And I'm going to make a parallel comparison here to Marvel, <laughs> another Disney property, who has, you know, there's tons of stories about Iron Man and Spider-Man and the origins of the Avengers. There's tons of different arrangements for the Avengers. Uh, and there's tons of different material for them to draw from, and they still are able to kind of pull some of that stuff in. Some of it they're true to, some of it they bend a little bit more. Um, I just I just hope that Lucasfilm can find a middle ground between what was legend and this new canon, which from the, the way that it's going, it's like blank slate every time. Yeah, no, you're right. Which is good. It's just good for the writers creatively, but I just hope that there's, I don't know, I appreciate what Dave Filoni has done with Rebels because he is able to pull in a lot of that legend material with new canon. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, I, I think he's done a good job in acknowledging past stories and just elements, you know, like, uh-huh. I mean, bringing in Thrawn, as we've talked about, was, was brilliant and it was, uh, something people wanted and didn't expect. And so like they were happy when they saw it and the people who had no idea who he was were like, Oh, well, who's this? And it's a, it's a good character. I mean, I, I don't think that, that Ryan Johnson is going to, to helm um, something for, I think, I think more than likely he will pull from certain source material, but I would think that he would probably, if, if the last Jedi is successful and, and from what we can understand, he basically wrote this and directed it and he had a blank slate going in and he seemed to have, have he's been the most successful of the, the new Disney era directors mm. because most of them have had complications. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would like, uh, I don't know if you read the, the, the lost tribe of the Sith, which is not really a great book. Um, but it's, it's interesting. Um, because I, I, that's what I want. I would, I want to see a dark side trilogy or some story when it, when it's yeah. all about the dark side and how they do things. Because we haven't had that yet, and all we know is like little myths and hidden things. And and that was what was neat about that book, uh, which is more like a comic book series than, or not comic book. Like it's, it's a little bunch of little stories that it skips times. And basically, it's this tribe of a Sith or actual race. It's a red skinned people. And uh, when they get, uh, they crash. Um, it's like it's during the hyperspace war or something like that. They okay. they, they crash on a planet and they have to survive for millennia uh, hmm. on their own. And they hone their own 
thing. And I, I was like, that'd be really cool to do a story on that. Yeah. Just like you've got this whole uh, group of people who are all dark side users and they survive as a civilization. And it's not till way later that another group discovers them and then all, you know, all H breaks loose. And it's, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. You know. Yeah. I would, I think it would be really cool though, if he did go way in the past. Um, but uh, I, I also could see him filling. Uh, well, I think the one thing that I had read or heard that uh, it's going to take place in a part of the galaxy that we haven't been to, basically, or it, it'll focus on a part of the galaxy that, that hasn't been explored. Well, that'd be fine with me. It. If so, we can, if we can get off a desert planet for once, that I, I would love that. Well, and <laughs> and I think that you know it has some fans excited that that it's going to be a trilogy that's not focused around the Skywalkers. Yeah, um, and perhaps, yeah, who knows? I. Um, exciting news that also came out right on the right with that was the fact that we're also going to get a live action TV show, mm-hmm. which um, had been in the works for a long, long time. Yeah, and uh, that was that was in my notes here too. Like, is this long-awaited TV show mm-hmm. going to have some of this George Lucas influenced 100 episodes written? Yeah, because I, I remember reading that. Well, it was like back in like 2006 or something like yeah. that, or seven that he had had. Basically, yeah, like a hundred episode story arc already. Not, I mean, not actual scripts written, but he right. knew where he wanted it to go. But yeah. he was waiting for the technology, like he said for like the prequels. I'm waiting for the technology to get there because the cost to make Star Wars quality live action would be just. Uh, well, I think you. I I, I don't know because I haven't read read this. I'm just speculating because of the time frame that this had happened, though. But. Um, you know, BSG was that at the time, and I think that Battlestar Galactica and, and him seeing that perhaps may have spawned a little bit of that, like, hey, now how can we make this happen with Star Wars? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's me speculating, you know, uh, I don't know if there's any proof to that or not, but um, I, would, I would like that if they at least pulled from some of Lucas's material or concepts, because... What's what's it? I don't know. It's like ignoring Stan Lee. If Stan Lee was like, "Hey, by the way, <laughs> yeah, um, well they, yeah. well they did that for the, uh, you know, these these uh, sequels." So, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm curious. I'm sure at some point they will be leaked out, like George's um, original ideas for what the prequels were supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, aside from what we have already uh, with you know making of the Return of the Jedi and things like that. Uh. Because I mean, but I had heard that already that it was basically, you know, his typical format of his oh, it's teenagers, you know. Uh-huh. But it's like, but that's fine, you know. I, I would have been fine with that if you know, if it would have been focused around Ray and uh, and Kylo Ren as you know, sixteen or seventeen year olds for the first episode, and then them both like you've read like uh, stuff I've written like uh, right. if they would have been in training at the Jedi Academy under Luke, and then something happens, and then it's like you then you split it off from there, you know. It's like. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's well. I I would be interested to see if if any of the the TV show has has any connection to this this long fabled George Lucas uh, TV show that was in the works, um, and whether or not uh, you know Dave Filoni will be involved with it. You know, so, good question. Because yeah. um, clearly he's he's kind of had his pulse on being able to kind of 
weave multiple stories, at least connecting them on some level. Well, you wonder, because like that's to me, it's sometimes that's the flaw with Rebels and with uh, the Clone Wars is that you mm-hmm. have so many stories that a lot of people don't care about. Like, you know, like in sure. the Clone Wars, when you'd have like these random stories of some random planet and some yeah. creatures being harmed, and you're like, I don't care. I don't care yeah. anything about this story. Let them die. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. And, but you wonder, like, because like now with Netflix and, and so many things going to a very serial mode which is what george's original because that's what he you know his influences mm-hmm. were that were that were the serials will they go back to that with this series and say like oh let's just have it like a netflix series and just like you know it's like basically one episode bleeds into the next uh but it's supposed to be uh for disney's streaming um oh okay that's that's what it's being designed for so okay um from from what i've from what i've read and heard so uh, the other Star Wars news is this Battlefront Two. Uh, I I would love to play it. So if any um, if any uh, patron out there would just like to donate one <laughs> to me, that would be great. Um, <laughs> but anyway, apparently the the fans have been they were pretty highly upset because there were some uh, kind of in game app purchases that uh, uh, and also certain characters were going to be. Uh, really hard to unlock or at least a little bit more difficult to acquire. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't understand that one bit. Uh, maybe it's a generational thing. I don't, I don't, I didn't get it. Cause like people are wanting like immediate access to these heroes. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's what a video game does. Like, right. you know, like, I remember playing, you know, uh, medal of honor, which was on the original PlayStation for like two months. Uh, that's just what you do in a video game. You play it for a long time in order to get credits or, and then to unlock different things and you can play it. And I understand like they were saying like it takes two days of nonstop play to unlock Darth Vader. It's like two days is nothing. Like, I mean, hell I play it. Go back and play the original legend of Zelda, the gold tape for NES. I think I played that for five months before I beat it. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, I was, I was stuck on a level of uh, the empire strikes back for NES and oh my um, God. Yes. Like that Dagobah section, like the Dagobah section is the worst. Yeah, yeah. Like I was in that, like probably for like two weeks, three weeks. Like my mm-hmm. my buddy and I were just like nonstop, like trying to get through that. Um, yeah. I I don't I, know. It, it was even hard just to beat the Wampa on level one. <laughs> uh, it took forever to kill that thing. <laughs> yeah, and then if you died so many times, then you you know you only had so many lives that you could respawn. So. Well, anyway, let the millennial uh, crybabies on Reddit have their way. <laughs> Apparently, they voted down this comment or what have you, this announcement. It was the most voted down thing on Reddit ever, I guess. Um, anyway, e- the EA has just basically decided to, to lower the values initially set um, so that they would appease the fans. So you can have your Darth Vader crybabies. I think it's funny. Like, Sorry, Darth, I mean, playing it. I wish I could. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I don't. I haven't been a gamer in nine years. So I have stuff about PS3. I don't see the point in buying a PS4. Well, well, you're saying like you know, two days is nothing. It's like, well, as as uh, as a forty year old, yeah, it is. It's yeah, that's true. Yeah, if, you, if, you, if the kids are running behind you, trying to you know, like, play with me, daddy, play with me, daddy. You're like, no, I'm playing my game. Shut up! I gotta finish this. I gotta get Darth Vader. I gotta get Vader. But I don't understand. Like I, I know that Vader's the iconic villain, but why is Vader more valued than the Emperor? Because the Emperor is, I would think, would be a better villain than Vader. But, uh, well, 
Yeah, and uh, speaking of the emperor. Oh, okay. <laughs> Segue. All right. <laughs> no, no, we don't, we can keep talking about the game, but uh, uh, you know, Chris isn't here, and uh, so you know, I have no idea if if he's you know planning on getting Battlefront two. Oh, I'm um, sure he is. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully one day he'll come back and give us a chef report on how that uh, grilled up. <laughs> anyway, um, speaking of powerful, <laughs> powerful Sith lords, I just finished reading uh, uh, Darth Plagueis, and uh, last time we spoke, I was kind of about a third, almost halfway through, and um, I, um, I don't know. The last half of a book is always easier than the first half for some reason. That's true. I don't know, but like I, I tend to like first acts though more than I do any other act. But I, I understand totally because like when you get towards the end of a book, you're like, I yeah. just want to finish it. I just want to finish it. Yeah. But I tend to like character development. Like I like Fellowship of the Ring more than mm-hmm. I do, you know, Two Towers or Return of the King, just because you're on an adventure from point A to point B, as in like we got to get from here to there. Whereas in, you know, the Two Towers and uh, Return of the King are basically in fixed positions. And so I like that. I, I, that's I, I actually heard an argument about that too. Like that's why uh, Star Wars: A New Hope and Empire are better than Return of the Jedi is because sure. uh, both of the the two original movies are on a journey. You're constantly going from location to location, mm-hmm. whereas in Return of the Jedi is for the most part just on Endor. At least, at least the the Death Star or Endor. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's it. Yeah, aside from the opening. Yeah. yeah, and so it's not you're not broadening the universe much mm-hmm. and so it's it's more of a static story well apparently it works for seven-year-olds because it's still still my son's favorite um yeah <laughs> um the uh so darth Plagueis. um the uh if you like three acts it, it kind of exists in, in basically a, a three-act book structure and the fact that you know the first book is is more about Plagueis, and whereas it kind of starts to end towards him meeting or finding Palpatine. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, and the second act is more about Palpatine as an apprentice, basically. Okay. So, and then the third act is really about his mastery. So it's about Palpatine's mastery. Okay, Palpatine's mastery. Yeah, okay. and how he surpasses Plagueis, and so. Um, yeah. Now, I, I'm curious. Uh, this could be a potential spoiler. Okay. But like I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious because this is something I would want answered. Because I'm kind of hoping that you know, uh, Snoke is Plagueis. <laughs> is there, is there potential, or is it definite? Like, do you see? Okay. Uh, uh, do you see a, a Sidious actually kill, or read about him killing, or betraying? Or is it left it more? Uh, is it definite or is it open? Open. It's, it seems pretty definite, um, but you know, it's I, again Darth Plagueis is now in Legends, so it's no longer canon. Um, now, I will say that, and, and this this will be the opening here for the fact that Snoke could be Plagueis is the fact that Darth Plagueis the book which is now Legends, uh, was written in 2020 or 2012 was when it was released. And um, it does a great job, actually, of setting up a lot of the political acclamations that happen and 
basically the birth of the Trade Federation. All of the boring stuff that you may not have enjoyed in The Phantom Menace, as I read through those aspects, I'm those are actually enjoyable. Like those mm-hmm. those parts actually I'm like, oh, that makes more sense now. Oh, so this was happening here. Like mm-hmm. those all of those machinations and workings, uh, I don't know. That that's what I enjoyed about about the book is that it filled in a lot of those cracks. And if there were some huge cracks, it really kind of was the caulking that filled in those gaps, including uh, Palpatine's relationship with Darth Maul um, and how, how Maul's, uh, how Maul kind of plays into the scene because uh, Darth Plagueis, I will say the, the events of this book go right up until the, uh, up into up in into the Phantom Menace, okay. Which is surprising because I I didn't think that uh, yeah I wouldn't would be in that. I wouldn't either because there's a book there's a book prior to right. Uh, is it Cloak of Deception or is it uh, Approaching Storm? I can't remember which one. There's there's one right before Episode Two. There's one right before Episode One. I can't remember which one's which. So this will be my my one. Um, so if it if it does fill in the gaps, sometimes it fills in the gaps too much. And so the third act, there is a lot where I feel like it's kind of connecting or it's explaining all of these other events that are clearly other stories, maybe comics. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, it's like I haven't read everything in the Star Wars canon. I mean, geez, like yeah. who has the time for that? But <laughs> but as I am reading through those passages, I can kind of pick up on cues where I'm like, oh, I think they're referring to something so that they can make this connective tissue happen and everything lays into place. Um, and that might be the one downside in some some instances because you're like, wait, what? You're talking about some incident, but you're just kind of brushing it aside? You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like a name drop. You know, like, oh, and by the way, let's hood over to Kroger. You know, it's like, what? Um, C. Kroger episode. I don't know. Sorry. I don't know why I'm... No shout-outs to Kroger. Uh, I will... Uh, they, they have good pulled pork. <laughs> they do. They, they have their own uh, barbecue counter there. Mm-hmm. I do have a section that I was going to, to read, um, which Darth is... Darth Sure. Yeah, from Darth Plagueis. This is uh, kind of... Um, this, is, this is Palpatine talking to Plagueis. He says, The truth is... I haven't changed. As we have clouded the minds of the Jedi, I clouded yours. Never once did I have any intention of sharing power with you. I needed to learn from you. No more, no less. To learn all your secrets, which I trusted you would eventually reveal. But what made you think that I would need you after that? Vanity, perhaps? Your sense of self-importance? You've been nothing more than a pawn in a game played by a genuine master. So, this boom. Is, this, this is uh, Palpatine. This is Palpatine saying it to Plagueis. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, because it does make you lead... It, I would say a majority of this makes you lead you to believe that Plagueis is really pulling a lot of the strings in it. I don't know. It's. I yeah, enjoy but- their dynamic. I enjoy the two of them and the dynamic um, that's represented in the book. There's lots of different cameos. Qui-Gon pops up every now and then. Um, and um, what else can I say? Oh, well, as far as evidence that would say this is not Snoke. 
He's a he's a mun, m u u n, or is it a mun? I I don't know how to pronounce it. I've always said mun in my in my mind. It's how it's pronounced. Um, which uh, you can see one of them in an Attack of the Clones. They have no nose whatsoever, and they're kind of a thin, narrow feature. They're not human, and Snoke is clearly more humanoid with a human like nose and Plagueis doesn't have one. Did you see uh, the uh, connection that Snoke is actually Obi-Wan Kenobi? Oh yeah, it's because of the, the two the fingers. fingers the yes. two fingers. Yeah. For anyone out there listening, it's because in a freeze frame of one of the, the teaser trailers, you see Snoke with his hand out with two fingers pointing and they then they show the Obi-Wan Kenobi from episode two uh, where he's just pointing the two fingers at uh, <laughs> out it's like ah i mean it's a stretch but it's just funny yeah <laughs> no I, I i love all of these like crazy fan theories and you know um so I, I guess that's where but here's the thing in revenge of the sith they don't mention that plagueis is a mun no. like if you take it from word for word from what is said and shown in the movie you don't know that plagueis is a is a mun or a different alien um the descriptions of Plagueis and how he, you know, some of the uh, uh, some of the things that happens to him, and I and I won't say that they happen to him by Palpatine or by whom, but uh, the he loses part of his jaw, and that's probably like the one thing mm-hmm. that I think people connect to Snoke is that Snoke has part of his jaw kind of missing, and there's an attack that well that happens to him, and, and there's a big huge piece of his face that's kind of missing but again he has no nose he's a different alien altogether um so uh is he snoke is he not we may not know but uh i i enjoyed the book it was a good bath time book good one one of the things i've always (laughs) thought was strange about palpatine you know and and then you're reading that quote was that clearly he didn't learn everything from yeah and from Plagueis, because if Plagueis created Anakin or he created other, because you never know, that's something else I always thought was interesting. Did he only create Anakin or did he create other, you know, beings? Uh, you would think that Palpatine, because Palpatine's clearly lying to Anakin in episode three yeah. when he's saying you can only learn this from a, a Sith, <clears throat> and, but he doesn't know it himself. No, uh, he doesn't know it himself. Plagueis was trying to extend his life, he wanted immortality. That was right. what he was after. And so. He did a lot of different experiments on different creatures and different um, different beings, trying to experiment with the with the Force and and midichlorians. So don't, um, don't say that word. Yeah, it does come up in the book. <laughs> it, is, it is it is weird because I will say that uh, in some ways it in some ways the way that it fits in with with the other events I like. In other ways, it's like yeah, um, maybe a, a little too too much yeah. i too never much liked I, i'm definitely like a lot of people uh that i'm, I'm anti-midichlorian and that i think it shattered a lot of people's you know because like a lot of people wanted to believe with luke you know it's like oh he's just some some kid you know who yeah. after you after you learn the force everyone has the potential because it's a right. it's a force that lives in all of us it binds us together you know and yeah. if you just learn it then Yes, some people have the ability stronger than other people, but if you learn it, you can all do it. And then with the whole yeah. midichlorian thing, it's like, oh, 
you uh, have to be you have to be special. Like, and yeah. so it kind of it shattered that illusion. Oh, so you have to be part of a monarchy bloodline? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, I like to I like to Darth Plagueis. It was weird reading a book that was more focused in Sith and Sith lore. Uh, and I did enjoy some of those aspects. I will say that the rule of two is kind of weird because there always seems to be another. Yeah. So even while even while there's Plagueis and, and Palpatine, you can see that they're they're definitely setting up the other apprentices that come along. And uh, well, that's so. the that's the cycle, you know, of yeah. just of learning betrayal, learning betrayal. And you know, cause you see that in. Um, you know, the force awakens and so many other things happen later is that, you know, Vader uh, wants to overthrow Palpatine, but he knows he's not strong enough to do it. So he has, you know, they always have to train yeah. another, another apprentice that way together. Yes. They can take power. And that, you see that again, even in, in return of the Jedi, you know, or in empire strikes back is like only together can yeah. we, you know, it's like, that's what it is, is that they, and then that way it's already established. I'm the master. You're the apprentice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I kind of had wondered, uh, you know, uh, to kind of segue to Rebels, you know, um, one of our favorite confrontations is Ahsoka and, yeah. and Vader. And, you know, it's a big question that looms, what happened to Ahsoka? Uh, one of those those theories that, uh, that I like to kind of mesh around in my head or play out is that, he, you know, would he reach out? Would he see her as he sees Luke? Would he reach out and try to make her join him you know like would he ultimately like or would he not be able to kill her because he sees like you know i don't know because something comes through no i think he would i think i think if vader i think vader would definitely kill ahsoka yeah i mean yeah he he definitely probably has a little bit of attachment but it's different with between do you think she's dead no i don't think she's dead okay i think that if vader had the opportunity he would kill ahsoka whereas with luke you know, it's the thing. That it's the, the thing. It, that's the spark because you know it's the one part in his life, supposedly. You know, his love of of a Padme and and to into to to live that lie he led. You know, of like, oh, you killed Padme and you you know you killed your love and and then because you, you had, I mean, Palpatine had to know. You know that that there was kids out there. Maybe he didn't, but. uh so Vader hmm. led that lie, led that lie, you know, his whole life of like, oh, I killed my wife and I killed you, know, my kid, and and that was kind of like, well, maybe other things, you know, and you have to think about it, it's also been thirty or twenty some odd years of betrayal from Palpatine over and over again, oh, yeah. and then like, and then all of a sudden, you know, him commanding Vader to kill his his kid, it's like, no, mm-hmm. like that, that's it. Um, well. When you probably talked about this maybe once before, but like it's it's one of the things that really blows your mind when you realize that Return of the Jedi, the title is not the Return of the Jedi is not Luke. You know, it's like oh, the Return of the Jedi is is Anakin. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the dual the duality of it. You know, because um, I I forever love the line. You know, you failed, Your Highness. I am a Jedi, like my Mm -hmm. father before me. I, I because I I truly have always felt that that he takes on that mantle because. Luke at his very heart becomes a Jedi in the fact that he is peaceful. He throws down his weapon and he's actually like makes himself vulnerable in a way that um, is different. Oh, so, that's funny. Okay. Cause the Jedi, the Jedi were, 
they were betrayed in the fact that they became warriors. They were not meant to be warriors. They were meant to become peacekeepers. Right. So, um, I, so I just, I just think that you, I think it's interesting that you take an optimistic view of that, of that scene, <laughs> you know, like, cause like to me, it's more of an arrogance thing. It's more of him being, you know, he has too much of his father in him. You know, it's, oh. it's, it's too, yeah. it's, it's, it's him ignoring Yoda saying, you know, like, do not underestimate the power of the emperor or yeah. suffer your father's fate. You will. Sure. And and then what's he do? He immediately he's like, I'm a Jedi. I'm gonna throw my, you know, I'm yeah. powerful. And then and then the Emperor's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. right. Uh, but then you know to echo that same line though. I mean, I I like the Emperor's line too. You know, like you know, yeah. you like your father and now mine. You know, I, I like oh, that. So. Yeah. No, it, it, the the uh, the the Death Star scenes, uh, you know, in Jedi are, are are some of the best. So. Um, as you, I think you mentioned maybe even either our last podcast or the last conversation. I think it was after we stopped recording. Okay. Yeah, we talked about. Yeah, we we, we have were, probably I, about another extra half hour of fat that we just cut off the show. <laughs> but yeah, I've been that conversation was yeah like uh, I love the uh, in, in Return of the Jedi. I love the Tatooine, the whole first act, and then usually I fast. For, I don't fast forward. I never fast forward, but. Uh, the things I pay attention to are always the Death Star scenes because uh, mm-hmm. the indoor stuff is like, oh, I'm interested, but like this, it is like, especially after the prequels came out and you know why Anakin turned and you know things like that, you pay attention more to the Death Star scenes now mm-hmm. of like, oh, because you, you're looking not at Luke anymore, you're looking at you're looking at Vader, Anakin, and like his internal struggle of what he's doing, and that's what's in, that is one of the interesting things about having a prequel. As yeah. you look at you look at a movie from a different point of view. Well, um, I like to to look at Return of the Jedi from the despecialized point of view, but uh, I oh, really you got <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. I would yeah. not know anything about that. So, so only the upper echelon of of the Owen and Beru's elite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, anyway, the, fa- the fancy Jane Jack people. Um, let's get on with our rebels discussion here. Um, sure. And break down these these three. We won't go into to like a, a beat by beat, um, but uh, let's uh, we'll start at least with Kindred, which was episode seven. Um, the general kind of like description of this episode is tracked back to their hidden ba- base by a mysterious Imperial agent. The rebels must trust some seemingly dangerous native creatures who are far more. Than meets, than meets the eye. Um, this episode probably had one of my favorite lines from Zeb. He says, this is good. When it gets strange like this, it's a good thing. This okay. is probably one of my favorite lines when they they, they follow off after the wolves. Um, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's yeah. getting weird. I mean, there's elements I liked about it for sure. Um, uh, I liked the, the, stepping, the, the wolves stepping on the this time and space, it seemed like, you know, yeah. just black star. I was like, Oh, that, it's like, I wonder if that's supposed to be like a representation of not the material world, you know, the physical mm-hmm. world. It's more like they've left that and they're, that's how they, uh, skip from one side of the plant to the other. I was like, Oh, that's, that's an interesting yeah. way. They, the way they showed that. Uh, I, I thought the, uh, the rebel assassin, I mean, not the rebel assassin, the uh, Imperial assassin was, uh, do you know what race that was by any chance? Uh, to me, he looked like uh, the uh, the the weird alien from uh, Signs. <laughs> the, oh, <laughs> the so, 
So you're talking about Ruch, uh, yeah. I suppose, which is spelled R-U-K-H. And his species is the, the Nogri, uh, for, which first appeared in uh, Timothy Zahn's um, Heir to the Empire. So, and uh, Rook also appeared as one of uh, Thrawn's personal bodyguards in that book. So, so it, he's a, even a deeper cut that cuts, you know, that connects to legends. And the character was, this is the first time that Warwick Davis has been an animated character. Um, and he also doesn't have a name that starts with W, so which is kind of weird. Rourke Davis was in this episode. Uh, well, he was the voice of Rook. Oh, okay. So, so that was the first time that he's been an animated Star Wars character. So, or he's voiced an animated Star Wars character. So, um, for all you Warwick Davis fans out there, yeah, <laughs> I remember uh, there's a video out there somewhere of him saying uh, like. Is there anybody out there Ewoks fans? And like you hear like two people like yeah, you know, and it's just like what the hell with all you. <laughs> you know, like just... uh, well, um, yeah, I did like the the assassin. Uh, like that he added an element of, you know, the, the stakes are higher. At least I felt in these these last couple episodes where I don't know, I felt like they were right on their trail that whole time so mm-hmm. and, and here they're trying to get the the hyperdrive which um you know i had speculated maybe they would use that hyperdrive in a, some way and it would it would be faulty or malfunction and jump them and some you know, i was completely wrong about that <laughs> uh but they did uh Hera did use it to to jump away and uh to take this information back but uh before she does she has this all important scene with with Kanan. Yeah, you definitely call that. Everybody's been waiting for this to happen. So is is Kanan and Hera. So, and I think you know we talked about that uh, that this is probably going to be his out. Well, I don't know because she's yeah. in she's in Rogue One as a you know as a, a, a you hear her name anyway. Yeah, but you don't you don't hear Kanan, so you kind of wonder is there going to be a split or what? But there's definitely the romance, and this is his out oh, at least and as a char- as a character. So for bo- it's so foreboding when she says, "May the force be with you," because this is something that happens when a character says, "May the force be with you." Sometimes they don't come back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those characters don't see each other the same way again. Um, Obi Wan Kenobi says it to Anakin, you know, for the last time. The next time they meet, he's a Sith Lord, or not a Sith Lord, but he's he's become Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, and Obi-Wan also says it to Luke. So, and then, of course, he dies. So, on the Death Star. Um, I'm trying to think of any other instances. Those were the two big ones that came up, but there was just something, you know, I hope they still have a scene together. I mean, I can't imagine that we would go the rest of the season without them being reconciled in some way. So... Um, the, uh, episode eight, probably the weaker of the three. Yeah. Um, I'd agree with that. You can pretty much just fast forward over it. <laughs> you don't even want me to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, um, no, I mean, like you could just put it on double speed and watch it and you're like, okay, I get it. Some, some interesting aspects of this one. Uh, so desperate to contact rebel command, the ghost crew pirates, a mining vehicle with long range communications gear. But the Empire arrives to spoil their plans. 
Um, I, I felt the lizard character had been done before. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I was like, you know, it's just like, how do you think we are? It's my ship. He's <laughs> like, like, haven't we seen this annoying character before? Yeah. Um, that's a pretty good impersonation. Uh, <laughs> and they even make fun of it because he, he does that. Is that really what I sound like? <laughs> yeah, right. It's true. Um, so this is uh, Captain Seavor, um, and he is voiced by Seth Green. So if oh. that voice sounds familiar. I can totally hear it now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so in the scene that he's in, he's actually listening to some power rock ballad on headphones when Zeb comes up to him. And that same song was being played in a scene with Zeb in season two. So, hmm. um, so episode called the mystery, the mystery of chopper bass. So, um, the other little Easter egg, I guess, is that the design of the ore crawler is based off of the world devastators, these uh, massive flying engines that were in the uh, Dark Horse comic, uh, Dark Empire, so back in the 90s. So, which you can kind of see it. They were like these large things that basically devoured planets. So it's kind of like a toned down version of the world devastators. Uh, and probably the most, okay, I will say that the working title for this is much better than Crawler com- Commandeers. I-, I hated the title of this episode. Uh, the working titles were Direct Impact and Crawler Assault. Yeah. Yeah. At least easier to say. Uh, the most important uh, thing I-, I think that would be kind of in the background of this is the evacuation of Jeddah from Rogue One is mentioned in this episode. Okay, I missed that. I did too, and it's one of those things that uh, I, I read about, and I'm going to have to go back and look for where that was mentioned, because if that's happening, that means that the events of Rogue One are spiraling even faster and closer than what I had anticipated. Oh, yeah, they're, I think they're right there on it, yeah. For sure. I mean... Um, and, and and mainly to kind of bring that little factoid up as we go into the next episode, um, which was, aside from the, the strange stuff that happened in episode seven, Rebel Assault, the cliffhanger, ep- uh, episode nine, um, I liked the most. Um, it opens with Hera leading this courageous attack against uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn's forces. Um, but she's referred to as general. Oh, really? In this episode. Yeah. Okay. So one of the the things I think we talked about this after we stopped recording last episode, uh, was that we saw the X-Wings, which I thought was interesting because we had discussed that we had not seen X-Wings yet. And then all of a sudden they just appear or had we seen, I thought they had, I always get get confused because I always remember wedge. Like mm-hmm. uh, there's some story out there where Wedge is the one who brings X-wings to the rebellion. Y-wings. And, y wings. Is it Y wings? Okay. Yeah. Uh, at least in at least in Rebels, that's how they've covered it. Is that he? Uh, I think he helps them with the Y wings. Okay. Or are you talking about a legend story? I want to say it's a legend story where oh, okay. that there's like because the X wings are originally uh, Imperial ships. Okay. And that's that's why Tie fighters do not have. Uh, hyperdrives is because 
the X-wings, you know the the uh, the the, uh, the Imperial pilots that left went to the rebellion because easily right. could easily go into light speed and get away from the Empire, and so that's why Tie Fighters don't have. Uh, it's because, yeah, it makes and, sense. I was like, oh. <laughs> well, I will say that uh, I'm, I think I'm combining two Rebel episodes together, but there's there's one Rebel episode where they actually rescue and or maybe they they steal a bunch of y-wings and then there's another episode where they actually meet wedge and he's a tie fighter pilot i believe um and somehow they get him to defect i believe yeah that, that i remember that one yeah where he yeah. defects for sure this is the first appearance of the classic x-wing fighter in in the rebels show so prior to this we hadn't seen it um, and they did. They they shot it a lot like episode four, which was interesting, like the approach and then mm-hmm. you know the the, uh, the calling out of uh, signals and you know uh, you know lock S foils and lock position. And, yeah. And oh that. yeah, you gotta love that. Um, yeah. They were decorated uh, green, um, and they are but they're not part of Green Squadron. Instead, they are part of uh, Harris Phoenix Squadron. And the uh, one other. This is so geeky that I put this in here, but. Uh, <laughs> Okay. The, the X-wing firing sound is not the sound of the X-wings make uh, in the films, but instead it's the sound of the ghost's uh, turret. So, yeah, but, yeah, that's my notes for that episode. Um, well, that's it. Th- those are the, that was oh, my notes. Oh. That was just my, oh, okay. My we can discuss more about Rebel yeah. Salt. Uh, by all means, the the, the uh, I mean, it's definitely of the three episodes. It's the best one for sure. Uh, the the only thing I was disappointed in was that because I, I tend to like darker stuff was you know once they get onto the surface as they get past uh, Thrawn's fleet it was like oh come on man I want to see the actual dogfight you know yeah. uh, on the you know and see the X wings I mean I see the the Tie fighters actually win for once and you just right. you just see them through the binoculars of the the, uh, the ships going down in flames you're like oh man like that was but that's me because I actually like dogfights mm-hmm. and to, you know to see like you know uh, original Star Wars and the Millennium Falcon with the TIE fighters attacking the Millennium Falcon, that's all cut, you know, from original from World War II footage. And and I like that dog well, element. And we did get a little bit of that with Hera and the, the cool maneuver that she pulls on the Defender. Because that's she, very true. Um, yeah. That was such a, a cool thing because she... she very, she, very top, very top gun. Very top gun. She buzzes <laughs> the tower. Yeah. And, uh, and she flips it. And, she flips uh, it, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna pump. So. We're gonna pump the. We're gonna pump the brakes. He'll fly right by. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much what it was. Yeah, except she says we got to tighten the bolts or something like that, or tighten the bolts yeah. down or something. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. There's that scene where yeah, their screen is just filled with like yeah, just hundreds of Tie Fighters, and then they're they're just being shot down. Um, I thought that this had that element that uh, that you like where. It, there's just a sense of danger around the corner now. And, you know, there's this impending aspect of the season coming to a head. So yeah, it feels like anybody's game at this point. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's why I did enjoy this episode a lot is that it wasn't classic Saturday morning cartoon and that yeah. it wasn't all like, Oh, the rebels are going to, it's all going to work out. And, you know, you see that you see the fleet actually be destroyed and they all crashed and you know, the, the, the X wings are destroyed on the ground. And it's like, Oh wow. That's what I like is that, yeah. like, Oh, you don't know a hair could have died. You don't know. And that's, yeah. that's, that's what I liked about the episode. Well, and then, and, and even Thrawn and Rook, you know, they, yeah. they have their, their win because they capture Hera. Um, and and then we got a little bit of a, a, a mystery 
you know, more uh, with Kanan uh, going after Hera, uh, clearly, and then running into the wolf um, and having this yeah. conversation. Now, that was one of the things I did that I thought was funny, just because it's just me being nitpicky. Yeah. As soon as the wolf appears, you know, and he turns it sideways and flips, you know, he falls out of the speeder and he's yeah. tumbling down the road. I'm like, man, you'd have road rash so bad right now. <laughs> it's like, there's no way he's walking, he's getting up and not going like, oh. <laughs> but he just walks it off like, yeah, I didn't just, you know, tumble 40 yards down the, <laughs> down yeah. the highway. Well, as but, you, well, you know, he's been blind for a while now, so. That's true. Yeah. You might be used to it. Uh, <laughs> So this this uh, little interaction that he has here, and and again we we just get the the doom, doom, yeah. Um, I I I know what I took all of that to mean. I don't know what did you take all of this to mean as far as like the wolf confrontation and. It's still talking. a mystery, and they're yeah. you know they're I'm sure they'll get to it, uh, but like it's just he clearly has some importance mm-hmm. um, if if all the the wolves know who he is and he has some kind of forced presence. Um, well, and he, he does mention at the beginning of, uh, of episode seven, Kindred, right. um, you know, that, you know, there is a deeper connection here to Lothal than, than what, uh, you know, maybe they originally realized, which is nice because it's a good way again, you know, shows like to do this. They like to tie in the, the beginning of the season, but to do it in a way that makes sense to say, okay, this isn't just random that we keep coming back here or that, you know, Ezra's from here. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, with, with Hera being captured and, you know, this, his Jedi name being said to him again and again, he's been, and this is also in the book too. He's been running from his Jedi past his whole life, essentially. That's that's what Kanan represents as a name. This is not his name. So I think that this is like his calling, basically, to step forward. I, I assume he's going to try to maybe give himself over in exchange for, for Hera. You mean to the Empire? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, maybe he, he says, hey, I am Jedi Caleb Doom. Come get me, you know. I, I don't know. Uh, I I took it as a man, you know, that these that there is a calling that he's he's being summoned to, and that has to do with his Jedi past. Hmm. So I I don't know. I don't know how that will come to a head, but I I just assumed that he would maybe even pull away from the rest of the group and just try to. I can see that. Uh, like I said, because like Kanan, sadly, I'm sure has to die. Uh, you never know because it's a cartoon, so they might not kill him. But I, I, I think that that was going to happen is that, you know, uh, Kanan at some point will heroically maybe confront Vader yeah. or, or someone and then have, have to, you know, to save the group, he, he'll pass away. And then, uh, um, why am I forgetting his name? But Ezra. I don't want, Ezra. You know, Ezra yeah. will, will probably return to Lothal and, yeah. uh, and live out his life there as some kind of just protecting his planet, protecting his people. Right. And that's kind of how I had foreseen, I guess, the Ezra story going is that, as I said, I mean, he was very prophetic. And when he said, you know, I'm going back to Lothal and I'm not, he doesn't say I'm not coming back, but he's basically, I'm going there to stay is what he says. Um, which would make sense, like why he would be out of the whole rebel loop mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Um, I also did like, I'm not sure which episode it was, 
the discussion between Kanan and uh, and Hera about you know you know what are we in this for? What are yeah. we doing? You know, and she's like, well, we're here to overthrow to start the rebellion or overthrow the empire. And he's like, and then what? You know, right. like he's, he's he, and she hadn't thought about that. He's like, when do we say is enough's enough and we can live our own lives? Yeah. And uh, I like that element because it's yeah, lots- it's very it's very real. It's very human. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, geez, you know, it's like, how much longer can we keep this fight going? Yeah. Um, upcoming episodes, uh, and and from what I understand, it's early 2018. There hasn't been a release date officially. We haven't even gotten a preview of what's to come on these this back end of the season, but the uh, next episode title is called Allegiance. Um, episode 11, if you want to know. If you don't, skip ahead. <laughs> uh, one giant step ahead. So that's kind of a big, that's kind of like a, are they going to fast forward in time? I mean, we would never expect them to do that, but... Could they? I don't, well, oh, you mean like as in like future, future? or Well, a time jump. I mean, there's nothing to say that they won't time jump beyond the events of the New Hope. We've always thought that a New Hope would end it. That's true. That is very true. I've always thought that too. That will end right, right at the beginning of Rogue One. But, uh, but, but then again, you know, this, this episode eight, which we just kind of shrugged off, apparently mentions the evacuation of Jedi. You know, Jetta in Rogue One is blasted, and it's what maybe. I mean, it can't be what a month takes place between the that time and then they attack. I mean, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of time that takes place between Jetta's destruction and then. I guess. Scarif. I guess uh, what I'm thinking is that you know you can't have Kanan past you know, a new hope because because. Right. Jedi I mean, are oblivious to the majority. At least mm-hmm. there's no hint of them. I mean, you think about Harrison Ford going like, you know, there's no mysterious force that controls my destiny. Because right. like, there's a lot of not, you know, people they don't they don't know what the force is because it's been 20 sure. years since they've all been wiped out. So it makes no sense to have Kanan cast well, a new hope. Well, and Kanan, like I said, for the most part, like he's he's not he doesn't wear this Jedi's you know stuff on his sleeve. I mean. That's the big thing about the pilot episode, um, Spark of the Rebellion, is that he reveals himself finally to be a Jedi. Jedi. Uh, but for the most part, he, he keeps that hidden. Um, so episode 11, One Giant Step Ahead. Episode 12, Call of the Spectre. And Spectre has always been their code, code signs for each other. Is Spectre 1, is Kane, and Spectre 2, is Hera, um, and so on. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we don't know the titles for the last uh, four, but uh, um, essentially there's, I think episode 15 and 16 is, is basically a one-hour finale is, is how I understand that. But that's just me speculating, but I think that that's what that is and that 13 and 14 will be a, a actual episodes. So, so there you go as far as my... <laughs> Maybe my love of, of Rebels has, has, has brought this podcast down. <laughs> but uh, I, I think we've had some pretty good conversations about what's going to happen. And, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they definitely have to address Ahsoka, I think. You'd least, think, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely want closure for that story. 
Um, the rest of it, I think that's really like the number one on my list. Is this okay? Yeah, it's just Ahsoka. Like what what happened to her? You know, what's her future? Where's her future lie? Because I mean, she has the white sabers because she has no affiliation. Mm-hmm. So it's well, she and well, apparently she healed the the red. The the red crystal as with the new canon the red crystals have been been bled they're the living crystals actually been broken as opposed to a synthetic and in the Ahsoka book apparently it goes goes into more detail about her healing these crystals that were I I haven't read that part yet because I oh. haven't read that book um, but I know that it's that that's kind of where some of that um, backstory lies okay. It's so. funny how like how the the crystals have changed because exactly yeah. like the original was that the red ones were synthetic, yep. and then now it's becoming more. Whereas if you have a regular Kyber crystal and then you pour your hatred into it and and so many other things, and that's what makes it turn red. And yeah, yeah. so like Did, a, you, a lot of that stuff is you know what you choose to believe. I think when it comes to Star Wars fans. <laughs> I I do I I do like that aspect. I mean, I I read a lot of legends and I and I read the new canon and I like a little bit of both. Um and so I guess it is kind of what you take of it. I don't know if you're reading the current Darth Vader, but um the it's been in, yeah, the comic, the, the the more recent one which it uh it went into that like basically he had to acquire a lightsaber. It, it was kind of like that was kind of the first six issues I think had to deal with his quest to have to find um yeah like there's there's this whole interaction between him and the emperor and the emperor kind of sets him on his his path to to find that so hmm. um anyway if you want to know more i mean the the darth vader series the current one i liked the the last uh series too the darth vader i think they've both been been solid and and vader's not a character that i tend to gravitate towards i mean he's there but Sometimes he's too big. Yeah. Sometimes he's too much. Too I, I agree. Like I, I, I like a lot of mystery around Vader. I don't like to know a lot. Yeah. Because uh, like that's what that's the debate with Rogue One it was uh, the first scene with Vader. Like that could have been mm-hmm. cut out. Really. Like you know, the last scene really should have been it. But I'm kind of of the opinion the same thing is that the reason the only reason why to show Vader's lair mm-hmm. and all that was because it's got to be in a future movie in 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 uh. Uh, uh, crap! What am I forgetting? The Last but, Jedi, or, or, or yeah, or, or, you know, it's, it's episode or eight or episode nine. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's got to be in there. So just a setup of like, what is this location? Yeah, I mean the the other the other thing that I had read was that it it was a, a two two part story arc as far as like Vader. You see him in a very vulnerable uh, position, and then you see him at the height of his power. So you mm-hmm. see two aspects of like this broken person and then this, this ultimate fighter. At least that's what I, that I've read. And I don't know if that came from the director, that that was his, his choice or if that was a, a, a writing choice on that, that part. So, but anyway, no, I get it. Um, but I, I like the, I like the Bacta. No, uh, I, I liked it. I, I didn't hate yeah. the scene or anything. I think the Krennic scene is probably the one that's like more cringeworthy. Like, Careful, you don't choke on your. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like oh, okay. the, the Bacta scene. Yeah, like that's fine. But yeah, exactly. Because it it just it yeah, I didn't like it. You know, the whole like you're trying to copy kind of the Death Star 
you know, uh, conference room scene of like choking and then like him kind of going, like, <clears throat> and I was like, ah, like, ah, 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 you didn't really need to show that. But, <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, we've, we've rambled on, uh, maybe not long enough. Um, <laughs> there's a few things that we haven't talked about, which is Jay and Jack. We're on the Jay and Jack network of podcast. Uh, who? Who? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody that got some Star Wars bespeckled copy. It's, uh, I think it's bedazzled is what it is. It's yeah, I can, I can see Jay totally watching a bedazzled version of Star Wars. Yeah. Very yeah, 70s. <laughs> Obi-Wan's got a jean jacket. It's all yeah. bedazzled. Yeah. Um, Anyway, if you enjoy uh, this podcast and other podcasts in the Jan Jack uh, network, um, you can uh, subscribe to us uh, on iTunes. Uh, but I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> you can help out the Jan Jack group by becoming a patron at um, patron slash Jack. Dot com? No, patrons.com slash Jack. That's what it is. Or, or if you get confused, you just go to jandjack.com and then click on become a patron. Yeah, that's that's the easiest because it does have also links to the Amazon uh, section. So if you need to buy your copy of Darth Plagueis, um, <laughs> you can uh, use the uh, the Amazon link and uh, you know any little purchase that you make through there throws us a couple pennies our way. Uh, also rate and review us. That gets us, um, you know, some, some recognition. We appreciate that. Um, yeah. On iTunes, and, all you have to do is just type in under search Owen. We're the Owen. only thing that says Owen on it. There, there's you're, no you're, Owen Wilson fan podcast. You have to worry about just, just Owen. Just, just type in Owen. You don't have to go with the Owen and Baru, just Owen. And it'll be <laughs> right there. Um, and if you want to, you can always uh, follow us on uh, Twitter uh, as well as uh, Instagram as as infrequently or frequently as we're on there. Uh, but, you know, by all means, send us a, an email at theforceswelldone at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to uh, talk about anything that you would like to talk about. Uh, I know we'll... Or, or grill up anything. You'd like to <laughs> serve you up anything you'd like for us to grill. <laughs> I, will not, I will not grill Wookiee hair, though. It's just, uh, it's just it smells. smells so bad. Yeah. So, but anyway... Um, yeah, that's um, – oh, I guess we can thank some special patrons, don't you think? Yes, of course. Tav from Tokyo. Uh, Ed Hart Richter. Molly the Millennial. Yes. Falcon. And the letter carrier. <laughs> it's escaping me. Darth Ed. Darth Ed? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Ed, Ed the letter carrier. Ed the letter carrier. There we go. Ed. Yeah. You knew it. You knew it. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry that I forgot. So thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And by all means, uh, send us some feedback. We'll be back, I'm um, sure, in the next coming month to talk a little bit of uh, Last Jedi, although I think Nick and I are trying to stay as spoiler-free as possible at this point. So That we are. Yeah. So um, thanks for joining us. Uh, great show, Nick. This was like yeah. one in a million. Really? One in a million? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't get cocky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>